Welcome to Section 420, Talking Yankees, the podcast. Well, us Yankee fans and really the whole baseball world still waiting on Aaron Judge to tie and surpass Roger Maris, so still stuck on 60, and unfortunately, might look like he might probably do this maybe on the road. Now, we figured we'd do it at home just with six games at Yankee Stadium, and he hit the first one on the first Pittsburgh game. Figure, all right, well, he's got five games to do it, no problem. Uh, unfortunately, hasn't done it at home, and it's kind of, you know, Kind of really tough, not really for him, just because, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's thinking about it, but just for all the fans, we're kind of waiting for it, and it's just kind of, um, you got the Maris family following all around, and supposedly now that the Yankees are going to Toronto, they may also follow him up to Toronto, so I'm mean, just thinking all the course of them, I, mean, I guess they have money just being the family of Roger Maris, and I don't know if the Yankees are footing the bill there, but I just think of all the travel and the suites and the hotels and all that stuff. Uh, so we get a little crazy there. So still plenty of time for Judge to do it. This would have been nice to do it at home against the Boston Red Sox. And then you hear some things that maybe, you know, that, that for some reason the team, they don't really like Judge that much, even though, you know, they may respect him and maybe, um, you know, weren't exactly dying to give the home run up to him. I mean, you know, they did give some pitches to hit in the series. So uh, we'll get up to that. But again, big story, Judge still stuck on uh, number 60 there. So uh, before we get started, again, if you haven't done it already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. So if you happen to be listening to it, just got a subscribe button, a follow button, a like button, a something button. Hit that and get notified when new uh, content comes up. And again, we got the uh, playoffs just around the corner, so there'll be a lot of good stuff with all the matchups and stuff there. So, uh, before we get into the actual Boston series, there's you know a couple of notes there. You maybe leave the notes at the end. This time, we'll just do the notes beginning. Of course, I don't say it's huge news, but uh, you know, bye bye to Miguel Andahar, and the Yankees uh, designated him for assignment. And he got picked up by the Pittsburgh Pirates, so goodbye, Andahar. And, you know, it's kind of a messed up situation, similar to Clint Frazier. You'd, it would have been nice to see it work out here. And just various reasons, injuries, playing time, other players in the pecking order, uh, maybe some attitude problems. For whatever reason, unfortunately, never really worked out for Andahar. Uh, initially, he lost his third base job to Gio Urshela, which you kind of understand. I mean, Urshela was the better defensive third baseman, so... You know, you have to understand there. And they tried Andahar out in the outfield a little bit. But, again, you have a lot of outfielders the Yankees have. And it's just Andahar really didn't do enough to really take that job and hold on to it. Uh, again, did he get a ton of chances? No. But sometimes, you know, just things happen. And, again, Andahar you know, was dealing with injuries a couple of times. So that's stuff you can't really control. So, say, in Pittsburgh, you know, maybe he gets an opportunity. Maybe he could flourish. We'll see what happens. And it seems like the Yankees, uh, I'm going to say dump their trash. But, you know. A lot of the players the Yankees put on the waiver wire end up in Pittsburgh. They, you know, earlier this season, it took Manny Banuelos. Um, so, so now they take Andahar as well. So maybe they just want to get some Yankees down there. So nevertheless, Miguel Andahar now a Yankee. And then speaking of former Yankees uh, and current manager of the Miami Marlins, Don Mattingly, him and the ownership agreed uh, that he will not be returning as a manager for the uh, 2023 season, which you kind of understand. I mean, they're, they're like always in a forever build mode. Um, you know, he's been a decent manager for them. He actually has the most wins as a manager in Marlins history. He's been there for a while. Uh, but I guess this with the franchise never going anywhere. Maybe he's not feeling anymore. Maybe he wants to get an opportunity somewhere else. You're hearing little rumblings like somehow the Yankees are going to try to swing him to come back up here, which not going to happen whatsoever. I mean, Boone's still on the contract. And, if we, and for Boone, you have to graduate him the first manager in baseball history to reach um, the playoffs in his first five full seasons as a manager. Uh, so I, I don't think you're replacing that with Don Mattingly. Again, I'm sure Yankee fans love Don Mattingly. I'm sure it would be fine here. But any fantasies that he's going to somehow be the Yankee manager of the future, uh, that's just not happening anytime soon. And, of course, last but not least, um, the Cleveland Guardians are officially the ALE Central champions. And, again, Yankees not officially got the ECI. I think probably will happen during this tournament. I think the magic number is like one or two or whatever. So it will probably happen 
um, during this uh, Toronto series that come up in Toronto. And if you saw the previous episode I put up on YouTube, I kind of wor- uh, went over the seedlings there and kind of gave you what the, the likely matchups are for the Yankees. Again, the Yankees likely are going to miss the first wild card round. They'll probably have the second best record in the American League. So them and Houston will probably automatically go to the divisional series. And very most likely at this point, it looks like the Cleveland Guardians will be the number three seed team. They'll face the number six seed team, which right now is looking like Seattle. And the Yankees would face the winner, whoever's that number three or six seeded team there. So just a little interesting there. So, uh, but Judge, you know, again, the big story, Judge still stuck on uh, number, number 60 there. Uh, but the Yankees, you know, if you wanted to put that aside, though, it's good to see the Yankees actually playing better. Again, won that final game against the Brewers, swept the two games against the Pirates, and now go on to sweep the Boston Red Sox. So the Yankees riding on a seven-game win streak, which is kind of where you want to be as you wrap up the season. Uh, some players getting back. So the first game was a kind of a rematch as a couple weeks ago at Fenway, Michael Walker versus Tyone. And then last time uh, you know, they faced each other, uh, Tyone took a hard luck loss, a 3 nothing loss, and Walker absolutely shut down the Yankees uh, in that game. Well, Went that way for the most part in this game. The game was actually scoreless. Uh, both pitches, you know, doing pretty well until the fifth. Higgy finally got the Yankees on the board with a sacrifice fly. And then in the sixth inning, uh, Yankees with a big blow against Walker. Uh, Gio Carl Stanton, so not the other big guy, hitting a two-run home run, putting the Yankees up 3 nothing. And this game, you figure out, you're just cruising along there in the seventh inning. But unfortunately, Clark Schmidt had kind of a rare uh, bad outing and pretty reliable for the Yankees. Uh, but just, you know, this game wasn't wasn't for him. Uh, first served the home run to Casas, cut the lead down to three to one, and then after walk to Chang with Hernandez and Chang on Reese McGuire. Actually, it was a three-run home run, a three-one deficit to a four-three uh, Red Sox lead. And again, the Yankees would have to come back in this game. It was just good to see them do that because they kind of did it the old-fashioned way, the way they were winning games uh, at the beginning of the season when they were hot. Now uh, Chapman came on, made an appearance, and you know did strike out Verdugo there to do his job there, but unfortunately Chapman is still Chapman at times. Got a couple of walks. Uh, it needed to be lifted out for Lou Trevino. So again, Chapman, yeah, and as to, you know, after getting the strikeout of um, Verdugo, he's facing J.D. Martinez. He, like, blows two fastballs by him. Looks like Martinez definitely overmatched there. And then he nibbles, 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 and eventually J.D. Martinez walks. So it's just with Chapman. I don't know. He's just not confident in the stuff. And, you know, it's just weird. Like, you got out in front of the guy. You know, obviously he's not catching up to your fastball. Well, throw it again. Get him to chase, or at least challenge him up and high. Get him to swing and miss. But again, he starts nibbling down, nibbling down with these, you know, splitters and sinkers and little, you know, sliders. And and this is and part of Chapman's undoing. There, it just seems like he's like really no confidence in his fastball. But nevertheless, Trevino on in a big spot there again, trying to hold the score just to four three. Boston able to get Chang to pop out, and then a big strikeout against. Uh, Reese McGuire, who earlier again hit that big three-run home run, just to keep the score at that point, four to three. And then in the eighth inning, the Yankees would uh, tie the game. Now Stan would reach on an infield single there, so able to beat it out first base, and that's kind of a good sign there, just with that sore uh, Achilles he's been dealing with, just the fact that he run. And kind of the form that the Yankees used earlier this season, so they lifted uh, Stanton for pinch runner Tim LoCastro, and how many times we saw it at uh, the end of the year, Stanton would get on somehow, and they would use LoCastro to swipe a bag or two and come around and eventually score. That's what would happen in this game. Now, um, Lukashio would go for second base. Now, initially it was gunned down and called out by the umpire, uh, but then they went for a replay on that one, uh, and the way we got the, the call overturned, looks like uh, Lukashio just got his hand in there. So Yankees now um, set up uh, nobody runner on second, nobody out. Kind of Falefa was able to move him um, to third base on a sacrifice fly, and then with the score of 4-4, uh, Beta also with a, a sack fly to the outfield 
and the speedy Lukashi was able to uh, come home and tie the game at that point, four to four. Now, top of the ninth with Holmes on, and this is probably something that, again, won't show up in the box score, uh, but a big moment there for, for the Yankees. So Tommy Pham lead, leading off, hits a, a, a hits a shot to the wall, uh, which would look like normally a double, but Judge out there, played off the wall beautifully, guns Pham out at second base. Uh, so, again, Yankees avoid a disaster of having Boston with, uh, you know, a runner on second, nobody out. And this judge, again, just showing his valuable, um, just, you know, not only offensively, but the defense he provides. And, again, the previous episode, I learned stolen of why judge should be the MVP over Otani. Um, again, right there, just, you know, judge is, you know, just having a great season. And he's a complete package. It's not just the home runs. Uh, it's the batting average. Uh, and it's also the gold glove caliber defense he can provide out there. So, home able to... Um, Cruise along after that. Now, in the bottom ninth, this is probably Judge's maybe his best shot to get a home run throughout the entire four-game series against Matt Barnes. Drove a shot to the wall. And the way the cameras, you know, followed the ball, you think it was going to go to the moon. But unfortunately, it was just a fly out to the warning track uh, to Hernandez there in center field. So for a second there, you thought he might have gotten in. You know, the announcers were all pumped up and uh, the cameras were all going high. And you thought, wow, this is going to go to the courthouse. But unfortunately, just a fly out. And that was probably, again, Judge's best shot to send one out uh, during during the series, but but more importantly for the Yankees, two scoreless innings by Clay Holmes, and then then the bottom of the tenth in extra innings, uh, the Yankees were able to come around the win. Now, good managerial move by Boone, a little gutsy. So Rizzo was the ghost runner there. Now you want to normally keep Rizzo in the game is for his defense, and of course he's a left-handed power bat. But Boone wisely, and people that want to criticize Boone, well, you got to give him some credit here. Uh, uses Gonzalez as a pinch runner. Now you got Gonzalez on second, nobody out. They decide to walk to Gleyber Torres, which, you know, he obviously he's been hitting hot lately and to get to Donaldson. So um, you got to understand there that maybe they'd rather, well, not even walk Gleyber because he's hopping and it also sets up the double play there. Uh, so they decide to pitch Donaldson there, but Donaldson makes him pay, able to poke a single right past the third base glove of Devers. And then Gonzalez, the speedier runner, then Rizzo, able to score. Again, if Rizzo's there in second, you can't really guarantee he would be able to score, but Gonzalez much quicker there. Able to score for a thrilling 5-4 Yankee win. A good way to kick off the four-game series. No home runs by Judge there, but the Yankees take the win there, which then brings the Yankees to Game 2, which is a little troubling discourse the fact, okay, they won, but again, more um, uncertainty for Mr. Garrett Cole there. So the game was Cole versus the veteran left-handed Rich Hill. And Cole, um, as he's been doing this whole season, giving up home runs, uh, Tommy Pham takes him deep in the first inning, puts the Yankees in a hole, one nothing there, but... Uh, Mr. Hicks, the return from the dead, Mr. Hicks in the third inning there. Again, batting, uh, since he's a switch hitter, batting right-handed against the lefty hill, able to yank a solo home run to left field, ties the game at that point, 1-1. And then in the 50th inning, Yankees able, able to tack on three more. Thanks again to Mr. Hicks, again, making use of his playing time out there. With an RBI um, single, Torres would also um, double in the inning, and then thanks to an error by that same Tommy Pham, uh, the Yankees able to score two runs, and the Yankees taking a you know, pretty convincing 4-1 to lead there. And you think, all right, this is fun in the bag. But unfortunately, no, again, Cole doing what Cole's been doing this season, giving up home runs. And in the sixth inning with two on against Alex Verdugo, it really hurt the Yankees the entire series, season and series. Um, now, there was, there was a close pitch that Cole had low that he thought should have been strike. Uh, it was called a ball. And then soon after, Cole serves up the three-run home run to Verdugo, tying the game at 4-4 at that point. Now, Cole would get out of the inning, but as he was going back to the mound, Started jawing with the umpire about that blown call he figured he blew against Verdugo. I mean, it was, it was borderline, probably low, but nevertheless, again, Colt not having a good season. You can see the frustrating mounting. The umpire actually tossed him from the game. 
he was probably coming out anyways in this game after that his sixth inning of work. But nevertheless, Cole thrown out for arguing with the umpire there against Cole. Um, really got to shit get all these home runs he's given up. Is he tipping pitches off? What's going on there? Is him and the catch is not on the same page? Again, it's really been the problem of Cole um, pretty much for the majority of this season. But uh, good news for the Yankees in the eighth inning. Uh, Harrison Bate, again, really having a great impact on this team and kind of softens the blow of giving up Jordan Montgomery and having Montgomery being successful in St. Louis. Bate, you kind of see what he brings to the table. Uh, pinch hitting for Cabrera, able to draw a walk. Steal second, but able to get to get to third base on a throwing error by the pitcher. And then Trevino with the flare single to center field. Bader on third base, easily able to score. Puts the Yankees ahead 5-4 at that point. Now, while Isaac goes on, now you didn't get a save in this game because he pitched the eighth inning, had a clean inning, and then he came back on the ninth. So, again, this wasn't a save situation. It was just he was going to get a win, which he did in this game. And he was able to close out Boston. Uh, in the ninth inning as well. So, again, two scoreless innings by Lewiska. So, good to see there. He gets the win. Uh, but, again, Cole just, you know, still scratching your head. Cole is giving up these home runs, and they got to figure that out again because again, playoffs are going to be soon here around the corner. And then the third game was going to be the, an afternoon uh, matinee at, um, at, at Yankee Stadium, 1 o'clock game. Now, this was the only game that was going to be on the S Network for the four games. So, I'm sure, you know, Michael K was probably happy to finally get this opportunity. He probably figured that, you know, whether it was uh, Fox guys on uh, or the Apple Apple TV guys, you know they were gonna get the shot to call, call the judge home run, which would have been kind of tragic. Just because you want the home announced team, the Yes Network team, K to make that home run call. So this would be the only game he had an opportunity to do that. Again, every time they cut away from national coverage to judge during his game, you know he would kind of plug himself and the and the uh, and the Yes Network there. Uh, but unfortunately for K, he would not to get a call a judge home run. Uh, during this game, but he would be able to call a Yankee win, which is still not bad as the Yankees are still trying to chase down the magic number to get the ALEs crown. Uh, so this game was um, Domingo Herman versus Nick Pavetta, and Judge has good numbers against Pavetta lifetime, so you figured this might be the game to do it, but unfortunately that would not uh, be the case. So in the first inning, the Yankees got on the board right away. Uh, Gleyber Torres, again, has been hot lately. Now he had a 3-0 count, and normally you take a pitch there, but since he's hot, the Yankees gave him the green light, and he's able to smoke a Nick Pavetta uh, shot Two left field, put the Yankees on the board, solo home run, one to nothing there. But unfortunately, Herman wasn't terrible. It's not overly sharp though in this game. And in the second inning, Boston got to him. Um, Casas uh, with a two-run home run with a run run, put Boston up two to one. And then Verdugo with that big three-run home run the night before against Garrett Cole as a solo shot, puts Boston up on that point, three to one. Now the Yankees would chip away in the bottom of the second. Um, IKF, RBI single would bring home Cabrera. Now Harrison Beta tried to make it to third base. Now, initially, they called him out. Now, when you check the replay, it looked like he got his hand in there before the, the third baseman, De- uh, Devers, put a glove on on his chest there. And so it seemed like it would have been overturned. Again, the Yankees got the overturn of the Castro um, stealing second there, you know, on the opening game. But if, but the, the, the call in the field stood, which was kind of surprising because it looked like he did get in there. Uh, but the Yankees at least put one on the run on the board and were just behind at that point, three to two. Now, in the uh, fourth inning... With Stanton on, Cabrera, who scored earlier. And again, he's been looking very more and more comfortable up here in the big leagues, in the pinstripes, uh, with a runner on, hits a two-run home run. And so a, a, a score-swinging home run there turns a Yankee 3-2 deficit into now a 4-3 Yankee lead. Now, in the sixth inning, Yankees up 5-3 at that point. They attacked another runner on. This was going to be the big debut of Zach Britton and coming back from the Tommy John surgery. And unfortunately, didn't go too well for him. He would issue two walks and a single in the inning. He did strike out Verdugo, but again, he uh, would eventually walk in a, a run. 
uh, walk to Casas there. So pulled Boston within five to four. But again, the more pressing thing is that now that it was bases loaded and only one out uh, for the Yankees. And it was a situation like Boston might have been able to swing uh, and take the lead there. And Lou Trevino had to come in and actually probably had, I don't know, might have had one of his best or you know biggest spots really just to get, uh, jams to get out of, uh, able to strike out Bobby Dahlbeck and then Reese McGuire, able to get him to ground out and then preserve uh, the Yankee 5-4 to four lead there. Again, big spot for Trevino and he kind of came through there uh, for the Yankees and able to kind of hold on to the 5-4 lead, but not a good outing for Zach Britton. Not going to go crazy about that. We'll kind of talk about that afterwards. Now in the seventh inning, uh, Boston would uh, end up tying the game uh, with Lucas Lucky on. Again, Trevino started the inning. Uh, Lucky had to come on to, uh, to help, you know, um, you know, follow, follow up there. Would get a big strike out of Devers, which you would think, you know, oh, great. You know, from there, you kind of cruise along. Uh, but Bogarts would get on due to an infield single. And then he had Verdugo set up. And then, but Verdugo able to, for a bit of an excuse me, check swing type of uh, single, um, go to opposite field, uh, to left field there. And then Almonte on the bags able to score from third base, tying the score at that point, five to five. And again, a situation with a couple of runners on, you think maybe Boston I could take the lead, but Lucky able to buckle down and get a strike out of Hernandez uh, to escape the jam. And the Yankees just leave with the five-five tie at that point, which brings the Yankees to the bottom of the seventh inning. Now, at this point, the game was an afternoon game, started at one o'clock. So by, you know, four o'clock is when you get those shadows in and Yankee Stadium there. Now, what happens is that, you know, part of home plate and part of the lip of the infield grass there is covered in shadow and then you have your pitcher in the bright sun throwing like 100 miles per hour at you so very tough situation there and it's you know obviously advantage pitcher uh in most cases there now hicks was up against the tough um right-handed john schreiber and kind of throws a little bit sidearm similar to um, scott efros so not a, you know not a t- uh, not an easy assignment and hicks actually was down in the count early in this one and again to his credit and he had a good game the game early getting a home run and an rbi single in this game down like um one to two in the count able to actually work a walk against some really tough uh, sliders coming in on them again very easy to just swing and pull the trigger there with all the shadows and uh dealing with the lights there but actually hicks to his credit able to work a walk there which brings up that which brought up aaron judge uh an unfortunate judge would strike out in that spot there uh, again so the fans still waiting um, for that home run there uh but more importantly if that then came up Anthony Rizzo, again, dealing with those same type of shadows and again, dealing with a very tough right-hander, uh, John Schreiber, able to yank a pitch over the right field wall and give the Yankees at the point a 7-5 to lead in the game. Now, another Yankee returning from injury, Scott Efros, will come out in the ninth inning. And same as Zach Britton, obviously, you know, the rust was there. Um, gave up the single to Devers, ends up hitting Xander Bogart. So not a good way you want to start the frame there, especially when you're trying to preserve a 7-5 to lead. Uh, but with two outs, he was able to buckle down and Boston threatening with uh, bases loaded. Again, he was able to uh, get Bobby Dahl back um, to ground out to uh, IKF and then kind of fluff easily stepped on the second base bag for the force. And the Yankees barely hold on to the 7-5 win there. So again, again, Efros not very sharp there. Boston battling it back. But again, at the end of the day, Yankees able to hold him off uh, for the 7-5 win. And the Yankees had now taken the first three games of this Boston series, which now brings us to game four and kind of a bit of an abbreviated uh, game. Uh, thanks to some rain. And I'm sure the Yankee fans are not too happy because it was really their last opportunity to see judge before they head out to Toronto there. And unfortunately it looks like, again, may most likely he's either going to tie it in Toronto, maybe go ahead. Uh, but the Yankees fans will have another opportunity because again, next weekend 
They host the Baltimore Orioles, so that's three games where, again, possibly Judge could do this in front of the Yankee uh, Stadium crowd. But nevertheless, the game uh, was Nesta Cortez versus Brian Bello. And I got to say something about this game because I actually went to it myself and just, just being in the crowd and just watching Bello. I mean, 23 years old and just painfully, painfully slow in delivering the ball in this game between pitches and just the whole game. You know, he was, he was worried about the, the dirt on his cleats. I understand it started to rain late a little bit. A couple of mound visits. It seemed like he was off base with his catch in. The catch had to come out and talk to him and go over the signals and just painfully slow it between bats. And I think it actually ultimately cost Judge one more opportunity late in this game. And I'll get into that. But uh, game was scoreless into the fourth inning. That was Nesta Cortez versus Brian Bello. Uh, and it took almost to the fourth inning to find the Yankees were able to get on the board again. Bella was pretty tough in this game, though. Uh, Cabrera was able to lead off the inning with a double. Now, Beta and Hicks would strike out after that. But Cabrera, again, doing it all, whether it's playing, hitting home runs, playing infield, playing outfield, and able on the bases, steals third base. So a gutsy move there with two outs. And then Trevino was able to um, pull a ball past the third base bag, just fair. And uh, Cabrera able to score. So it puts the Yankees up on the board at the point, one nothing. Now, in the bottom of the sixth, with Hicks on first, um, Marlon Gonzalez is up, hits a fly ball to right field. And I guess with the rains coming down a little bit, you know, a little, you know, not to give too much excuse. I mean, it wasn't heavy rains, but I guess distracting enough. And maybe for whatever reason, uh, Rob Ruffschneider playing right field actually drops the ball. And again, this was two outs and Hicks. Now he didn't initially hustle because he figured out it was a normal fly out to right, but I guess had enough sense of mind to get the wheels going once he saw the ball did drop and was able to score uh, again. So put the Yankees up at that point, two to nothing. Again, an embarrassing moment there for Rob Ruffschneider. And, of course, I'm sure you saw that game early in the season at Fenway. Uh, I believe it might have been Hernandez in center. Blew a fly ball to center field, which ended up you know, being a, a grand slam for the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. All the runners were able to score there. So, again, Boston have some problems there in the outfield. Uh, but the Yankees at the point, up to two nothing. Now, the ninth place hitter in that inning was Oswald Peraza. Now, you had Aaron Judge on deck, so if somehow Peraza could have got on, it would have given Judge one more opportunity to get a swing there. Uh, but Bello uh, was able to get Peraza to strike out. But again, I just think the fact, the fact that Bello was just so slow throughout this whole game, if he just was speeded up a little bit, I think it would have given Judge another opportunity to get up in this game. Uh, but unfortunately, that was it for the Yankees in the sixth. Now, by the top of the seventh, they didn't bother. The rain started coming down heavy. heavy. They put the top on. And it took about about an hour and change until they eventually decided just to call the game. Uh, so a shortened game, um, and the Yankees win two to nothing, sweep the series. Uh, but I'm sure Yankee fans, many who stayed, wanted to see Judge get one more crack at the bat. But unfortunately, that would not be the case. And I guess with the Yankees having to travel up to Toronto and everything, it's just they weren't going to wait until like midnight or one in the morning to continue this game. It just would have been too much. And you're asking fans to stay around for three hours. That's you know it's a Sunday night and you have school with kids and it's just. I understand why they did it, and you know, nevertheless, uh, that was that. So the Yankees get the sweep there, and yeah, a lot of good takeaways from this game. You know, put the Judge home run stuff aside. Uh, he's seen what Oswaldo Cabrera could bring to his team, and you know, he didn't get off to the greatest start hitting wise. Defensively, right away, you saw what he could do. You know, gunning people from right field, making plays in the field, and all that. But now you're seeing what he could provide with the bat, and you know, the Yankees you know, a couple times Boone used him in the cleanup hole. Uh, you know, it's your power home run hole, so. Doing it all that is and because it seemed like he seems phased at all. Uh, great to see again Claybot Claybot Torres heating up and doing what Claybot does. You know, hitting the ball. You know, whether uh, you know when he's going good, usually he's hitting singles to right field. But you know, like that three zero count and just smoking it to the left field. So kind of doing it all there, and you're seeing opposing managers now. You know, starting to want to intentionally walk him just because you know just showing how dangerous his bat is. So 
Um, that's good news for the Yankees. And of course, Isaac Britton and Scott Efros back. Uh, again, not an impressive uh, first outing, but they got to knock some rust off. So I wouldn't be worried about that. But just good to see them back because those are weapons uh, that could be valuable for the Yankees. Um, and, and again, we'll all just keep continue to watch Aaron Judge every at bat um, as he chases Roger Maris. So that's the latest. So the Yankees, you know, looking really good right now, riding a seven game win streak. Again, this is what you want to kind of see as the season winds down, them, you know, playing good baseball. Uh, you see what Harrison Bader is, the excitement, whether it's on the bases in the outfield, what he could provide. Um, again, it's a, another good weapon for the Yankees. And just, you know, just the raw energy has um, something really, you know, some, you know, the Yankees could definitely use. Um, just, you know, just you know, fire up, up a little bit there. And again, just, they got to figure out Cole, whether he's tipping pitches or something, where he's giving up all these home runs because you can't, you know, you can't have your ace like that in that position. You, the game Cole pitches in the playoffs, you almost like got to pencil that in as a win, you know, and right now, you don't you want to do that right now if the playoffs started tomorrow, Cole. So they got to figure it out there. Uh, so I think, I think things are coming along with the Yankees. You know, Clay Holmes had an okay, you know, okay game this series. I, I still worry about him a little bit. And Chapman, of course, just no faith in all. In fact, been reading a few rumors that the Yankees might consider DFA him as well. I don't see that at this point just because the money he makes. And plus, I mean, even though, he, you know, he's not very impressive, he still has a resume. So I don't think you would DFA him at this point. But again, with Britain back, I think, and plus, you know, um, lucky around. I know Waldy Peralta, they had to put on the IL uh, to deal with a, a back issue. Um, but again, the Yankees have enough lefties where they don't really need Chapman. But I just don't see at this point they would DFA him. But again, there's some rooms out there. So Section 420 Talking Yankees, hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, we'll see what happens, whether it's after the Toronto series or if Judge maybe does surpass Maris in one of these games. Maybe we'll just do a special about that. But nevertheless, if you want to get that, make sure you subscribe to this podcast exclusive for your podcast subscribers. Section 420, Talking Yankees. Catch you next time.